Two Truths and a Lie, the series that looks at real-life issues and picks apart what's true and what's not. Welcome back. I'm Gila Ross, host of the Power Up podcast, where we cut through the chase and talk about real things that can impact and upgrade our everyday lives. Welcome. I'm very, very excited today that we have with us Davi Halpern from the band Hashem's Warrior, and he's going to tell us more about the band. Thank you for having me. Um, excited to be here. Um, yeah, so just to kind of give the the quick background. So I am, you could say, a Baal Teshuva, meaning someone who literally returned. I, I grew up in a religious home, didn't really um, feel it in my own way. So just honestly wasn't that bought in for most of my childhood, even from when I was very young. So you grew up religious and then yeah. you, you you kind of went away from that and then you ended up in Israel or? or... Yes. Okay. Yes. I feel like there's a story here. The basic is that I, I think I grew up with parents who themselves had become religious. Right. And despite the fact that they were very, and I have to acknowledge them for being very supportive, loving, caring, always there for me, parents, I think I did not, one thing I did not pick up is their zeal and enthusiasm for religion. In a lot of ways, I felt like I grew up on an island, meaning, I mean, we live in a secular culture and growing up Orthodox, you look different and that's a choice and that's a choice. And, and, and so I didn't really understand why I had to be different. Like I, we had, I, when I'd go to family functions, we were the, the religious ones. So I, I was the one who had to wear a kippah and, and, you know, tzitzis. And I just really didn't understand, you know, why, why was I, why am I distinguishing myself to look different? And, and, and it just, it just was embarrassing. I remember a very young age, just going out in public supermarkets or this or that, like my father having to um, nudge me to put my keeper back on. And I'm talking from a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty young age. Um, and so I think that what a takeaway that I've had and just kind of been growing up and, you know, I went to religious day school and middle school and high school was more modern Orthodox. Um, but I had a K functionally a K through 12 Orthodox education that didn't really also didn't really light any sparks in me. It was really the fact that I know a lot, I had a connection with Israel. I know a lot of folks uh, from my high school, uh, from my yeshiva high school would go to Israel or seminary after after high school. So that was just, it, it, I just kind of saw it as a natural, like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I, I'm gonna go to Israel and, and then right. I'll go to college. Like that was just kind of the route, the route that I followed. And but at this point, at this point, were you were you religious when you went to Israel? Um, not no, right? No, I I would say maybe halfway through high school, I just kind of, I mean, it was a slow, I guess it was a slow process, but I think it just once I had friends who weren't keeping kosher, I wasn't keeping kosher. Once I, it, it was just like there was no really reason that I was holding on to things like right. I, I that I found. And, uh -huh. and were your parents, how did your parents react? Um, obviously not thrilled. 
right. not thrilled. Um, but I, I, you know, I have to give credit where credit is due that I think that I never, as much as my parents didn't approve, I never felt as a person rejected by my parents. Look, and, uh, you know, when a kid does follows a different path, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? And whatever, whatever way it is, right? Like if you have a child that you want to be, go to university and be educated and they take a different path, it, it's, it's a disappointment. Um, so I think, you know, without judging anyone, I think we can, as, as human beings, we can sort of relate to that. But you, 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 never, you, you said you didn't feel rejected as a person. Yeah, I think, I think there's a, a quote by the Baal Shem Tov where, uh, you know, uh, a chassid brought his, his son to the rabbi and said, Rabbi, like, what, what do I do? My son is just, he's not, he's not into being religious. He's not into Judaism. What should I do? To which the Baal Shem Tov says, love him even more. I love that. Yeah, and 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 I think that that's, um, I think uh, a perhaps a truth that throughout all of life we should embrace is that really, um, you don't things don't really ever improve by pushing things away. It's it's really or, or sweeping things under the rug or pretending they don't exist. I think really especially especially with family relationships um even if things are people are going in different directions and it's not always comfortable i think to just kind of have a line established of just you know caring about the person and that that's understood beyond you you can care about the person and disapprove with their actions and and, and i think that 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 is something that probably also gave me some sort of a rope to grab back onto when I was starting to, you could say, get a spark ignited when I was in Israel in finding my own path back. You know, I, I think that there was, there was something that I was interested in coming back to in an environment that I was never really not accepted in, in the first place. So it was just kind of, that itself made it more natural. Right. As well. um so what what happens i mean as a parent i really love that quote like because i think it's it's so true you know forget about it even if you have little kids like when they mess up you gotta love them even more right and it's the same when when they when they when they're older when they mess up you gotta love them even more tell me what happened when you were in israel so i went to yeshiva called near yaakov um near jake also known as um and i think that it was a real metamorphosis for me i kind of came in I, knowing kn- knowing one person and in a, in a school of about like basically 100 kids in a dorm of 100 kids uh, my age 18 19 20 years old and I really was at a point in my life where I had a blank page and and I really I like I didn't have you know when you're especially I grew up in Atlanta Georgia so it's a small town right. Uh, smaller Jewish community, people know you in a certain way. And there's a lot that is just, whether it's baggage or just unconscious ways of being that can just trickle in. Like, I, you know, <clears throat> one thing that I would relate to was as I am working on myself and trying to grow as a person based on kind of the, the route that I took in yeshiva, coming home was always a struggle just based on the, you could say old dynamics with siblings or this or that, or with friends, you know, that that's to transform yourself in one scenario 
takes a certain amount of where you have a blank page, but to bring that transformation to scenarios where you're already maybe typecast in certain roles, like that's really where a lot of the work um, really, really begins um, in personal growth. But what, what, what I think lit the spark for me was just being in an environment where, frankly, you know, it was that I could go out and party at night. And then when I wake up, in the late morning or afternoon, there's just rabbis in the base waiting to learn. And, and it was just really all that there was to do. And um, I think it was just uh, for someone like myself who was just not really buying it. I, I, I think I got to, was able to get out of my system when I needed to get out of my system and um, was also at the same time able to start, start just kind of a path of personal growth and finding personal connections to parts of Judaism, like the lifestyle, prayer, um learning that's another story that took beyond that took a lot longer to, to connect with Gemara and stuff like that but um I think that there's a, a lot of facets of Jewish life that really um first off as a teenager who is just apathetic because teenagers are apathetic um <laughs> yes. I can't really really like point a strong finger at my high school and say you know what the heck is wrong with you you didn't you didn't really inspire me but I can look back at my high school and I can see you know the, the kind of rabbi that inspired kids at my high school was he was a rabbi he just like having fun with the kids and I think that 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 was his class was a good time like what did Israel have that high school didn't without going into whatever whatever was with high school but like what was what was it in Israel that that sort of like lit that spark for you yeah so so i think i think it was ex well i guess it was kind of exactly this was that it was an environment of rabbis that were frankly um i guess just fun to be around cool cool right. guys like young guys and, and i think that you know in a lot of a, a lot of the a lot of the childhood education is who is Judaism? Judaism is represented by the authority figures in your life. And if you're not so into that and you're not a, you know, a rule follower, then Judaism feels like something that's being pushed down your throat, even if that's not necessarily the case. And it's more so like you're a kid that goes to school. You got to follow the rules. You got to go to Dav. You have to go to davening. You have to have a sitter open and, you know, like, but it, it, it translates to an apathetic teenager as like, what the heck, like, why are you making me do this stuff? Whereas in, in Israel, I wasn't really, I wasn't forced to do anything. I was not right. forced to do anything. But when I did do something, there was an environment of, you know, just honestly, socially rabbis that were wise and fun and interesting. You know, there was a rabbi there who was like, a bodybuilder and like all, all sorts of backgrounds, rap, former soldier, um, former rapper, like really just like a real eclectic um, group of group of rabbis. I literally had, I think for a hundred kids, they maybe had like 30 rabbis on staff. Uh, so I got to hand wow. it to them. But, but the idea was to really have it so that every type of kid going through whatever they're going through and just at whatever level they are, they are in life, could find someone that they could connect to and so I think more than anything I think there's the social connection of having just a rabbi who you can call a friend as something that can will 
inevitably, I think, bring people closer to Judaism. Inspiring classes are one thing and they're great. And that's what really lights the fire. But I think to even just start, you know, what's the word? Like to stoke the fire, stoke the sparks of the fire. You need to have a reason to even want to have a conversation with the rabbi in the first place. And right. I think that step is just to have a rabbi in your life who is someone who you want to be around. And, and I think that that is not necessarily something I also had growing up. You know, does that does that answer your question? It, it does. And I relate to it a lot, especially that point where you said about um, um, authority. I remember one of my um, principals once telling me that I have um, a problem listening to authority. <laughs> and one of the things that that perhaps because of that, I've never really put the two and two together, is that I, I also grew up religious and, and I'm really passionate. Like people say to me, because I work a lot with Jews from all, all, all across the affiliation, right? Like religious, non, non-religious, you know, new to Judaism. And a lot of times they're like, oh, so you're religious. So you just went along with it. And I think what I believe is that no matter how religious you are, at some point, you got to, you got you got to find that 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 relationship with 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 God because at the end of the day, Judaism is not a religion, right? Like it's not a set of rules. It's it's a relationship with God, and a relationship isn't something that that you can just like sort of inherit and do. It's a relationship is you got to invest in it, right? And 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 you know you you got to have that that pathway um, where 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 you can sort of develop your own relationship. And, and it sounds like you know that. The framework of, of having those relatable rabbis and the classes and 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 uh, allowed you to sort of find that that um um your own pathway to your relationship um with god is that some of behind the, the reason behind your your band's name I, i'd love uh, to hear more about Hashem that warrior right your initial question which you've uh, been a bit roundabout here, but yeah. <laughs> so first off, I'll just acknowledge that, you know, the, the relationship aspect, you, you, you hit the nail on the head that, I mean, like, that's it. And I think that even, yeah, the idea of coming closer to God is, you know, the relationships in your life of people who also are striving for that and, and surrounding yourself with, with that type of environment. But, you know, the name Hashem's warrior, <clears throat> I think really comes from perhaps a mindset that I unconsciously, for most of my 20s, I'm, I'm 32. So for most of my 20s, I felt like that was the mindset that I felt like was really like my thriving mode as a Jew was being in this mindset of being Hashem's warrior. And what, what that means is being someone who understands that my, you know, it, we say every day in davening, I'm like, Hashem renews the world every day. And to go deeper, and we don't need to go on this whole tangent, but we have a, there's a Matrix movie coming out in a, in a, in a few months, and actually in about a month. And there's, if you Google Kabbalah and the Matrix, your mind will be blown on just like how much Judaism there is embedded within Judaism. The actual idea that like every moment is a co is a co is a coalescence is that a word of Hashem's intention, and of even you know you want to get more mystical of different ver- permutations and variations of Hashem's name, um, in kind of uh, em- as emanations of how reality occurs for our universe, um, and so. You know, at the end of the day, if one can really own and embody a mindset of like, I'm actually here as a soul, as and as a soul, 
as an emanation, as literally a spark of God, or as Rabbi David Aaron um, describes it as if we were, if Hashem were the sun, we would be rays of his shine. And so the idea that like, literally, I have, I have something, I'm an, I'm literally like an agent for God here, put here for an opportunity to bring some sort of rectification and healing to this world. And, you know, that's really the ultimate, I think, goal of Judaism is tikkun, tikkun olam, you know, probably one of the most, the most famous across all or religious affiliations, the most famous mitzvah, tikkun olam. I mean, that, that's what it's all about is at, at all levels, whether it's doing charity work, whether it's doing, you know, certain mitzvahs or, it, you know, the, the Kabbalists say, you know, l'shem yichud, they, they say this mystical uh whatever it is prayer before they do a mitzvah so that acknowledges what i'm about to do this mitzvah is for the sake of the tikkun for the rectification of this universe and that's what our world is the world of action the world of being able to choose intentionally and be intentional and ultimately i think that that's you know hashem's warrior is about just being a warrior throughout the challenges in everyday life so whether it be you know, just having a lot going on, being stressed at work and at home, feeling overwhelmed um, and dealing with the symptoms of that, whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever a person might be going through to really um, bring your game face. And I, and I think also I, I used to be like, I used to wrestle on my high school's team. So I, I think in a lot of ways, this is a mindset that I just kind of had to learn in general was just like, you know, just having to be tough and power through the face of adversity and just kind of as an athlete, I think that mindset in a lot of ways came, uh, carried through into my ability to be resilient as a, you know, single newly religious Jew in my 20s, which is not an easy, easy uh, road to necessarily navigate, especially when you could say most of your most of my old friends are just not religious so really in a lot of ways um starting over and so yeah i think just uh circuitous answer short i think for me what it means to be hashem's warrior and the reason i call this me this, this music project which is about heavy metal which is um really a project that was inspired by the words of Tehillim, which were very much about, I think, being Hashem's warrior. What is what is Tehillim? Tehillim is about David Hamelah, King David, talking through his very specific different trials and tribulations that he was going through in life in a poetic way, and ending with kind of positive affirmations about who Hashem is, who God is to him in his life, and you know, I guess what you know, and ultimately, God, I'm in your hands. And, uh, you know, and God, you're, you're my rock. And so that was really the inspiration for my music is actually reading the word, the poetic words of Tehillim. I think this is some epic stuff like this. This reminds me of like the heavy metal I used to listen to in high school. And frankly, I didn't I have not I didn't listen to heavy metal in probably 10 years. But I just kind of had this spark of inspiration like, hey, you know, I feel like perhaps I have enough of a background to write lyrics like this that are similar to Tehillim that sound like heavy metal lyrics and perhaps add in some sort of positive takeaway where someone can, that would actually be really relatable to anyone who's going through any challenge in life, Jewish, non-Jewish, whatever, religious, non-religious, um, being able to just like talk, have real vulnerable talk and lyrics about like the struggle of mental health and 
the, I guess, the positive spiritually and emotionally reinforcing um, aspects of turning to Hashem and turning to God amidst those struggles and doing so in a healthy way. That's, that's, that's amazing to hear because I, I don't think I've ever really heard it phrased that way before, but you're right. Like if you, if you think about it, right, you, you hear about Tehillim and you might know it, you might not know it, you might think of it as something that like you put off a bookshelf and you say, if God forbid, you know someone that is sick, but it's incredible how you're saying like when you actually read the words, it's like such a tool for resilience for whatever we're going through in 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 our in our modern day life and and you're right king, king david went through some crazy stuff right if you if you know his his life history his, his it did go he went through crazy stuff and yet um he sort of had that res, maybe his resilience was because he 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 trusted in god as as his rock that's um wow it's it's a really it's a really um amazing perspective to hear yeah. Well, so and, and I think just to perhaps embellish on that just a little is, like you mentioned, most people, I think how they relate to Hillam, how they know to Hillam is like when someone is sick and there's something going on in the world, like to Hillam is what we turn to in times of tribulations as as basically an entreaty to God to be able to uh, encourage or to request a positive outcome or, or something of that nature. Right. Um, now I think to, you know, perhaps humanize to him a little bit more, maybe, which is perhaps what we can do here today is that these are like our ultimate prayers. When something is like really wrong and something is really bad and there's a situation that is dire, we turn to Tehillim. And so I think it's fair to say that, you know, King David, who wrote Tehillim, the Psalms, he is like the ultimate pinnacle of what prayer is like this book that he wrote of prayers like these are the ultimate prayers that we have as the jewish people that this is what we turn to when we really need something and i think to perhaps put yourselves in put ourselves in the shoes of king david as he was someone who went through stuff in his life as we are people who each individually go through whatever we go through in our own lives we can see that the ultimate role model of prayer in judaism was somebody who reacted in his situations through communication with God through, by the way, not saying like King David will say, King David will say stuff like it's not, he won't say, he doesn't say the words. It's not fair, but he will say things that like gets, he gets it off his chest. He will say things that some, you know, at the start of Tehillim might sound sacrilegious. It always ends with Hashem. Ultimately you're the one I trust, but I think that there's something to be said for, you know, not, just pretending like huh, I can't really talk about this with God. Like I can say, God, I know what you're putting through me through is hard, but no, it's like vent to God. Like, you know what, you know, God, you know, Hashem is, is here and putting us here for a reason at the end of the day. But before you can get to that part, just like we have stuff that is causing an emotional blockage that we need to get off our chest. And Hashem is here to listen to that. And I think that that's what David Amalek does. And I think that is something that, you know, Judaism up until this day with our formalized system of prayer has done the work of preserving our tradition to this day. But what I think has perhaps been forgotten is the, the private and personal and individual path to a relationship with God. And I think that that's what Sefer Tehillim is a perfect embodiment of, of, of right. someone going through their struggles in life 
and of King David going through those struggles and using those struggles as a springboard to, like you say, commute what's the, what's the like relationship and what's the fundamental of a relationship? Communication. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's true. Is there any particular part of Tehillim that really like struck you or, or stood out to you? You know, I think, I think the one that really was the um, impetus for this project was Tehillim 27. Um, the one that we say uh, the month of Elul um, daily kind of leading up to the high holidays. And it, it's just, you know, it's about, you know, Hashem, uh, I mean, and the, probably the most um, famous, you know, or, or memorable part, at least um, for me, is just it's a pretty strong word. It's like, you know, my, my father and my mother have forsaken me. And uh, whereas you, Hashem, have always, you know, are always here for me. And, and I think there's just a lot of language of like, I cannot trust like the institutions of this world, whether it's parents, whether it's this or that, which like, hey, I love my parents, so I'm not saying anything. Right. But, 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 but I think that the messaging there and a lot, and just that resonates throughout the whole, the whole thing is that like Hashem and Hashem is the one to whom we can only really pure in the most, most pure form, just like put over our complete trust. And I was going through a period of, in my life where I was just feeling like, very disconnected spiritually numb and so my first song which kind of was a i think in a lot of ways a inspired by this tehillim and written in the mode of tehillim whereas like the verse is basically bemoaning you know the problems of life specifically the problem of i don't even know how to connect to you god like that's really the the the, the, the theme of the song is uh, like what like uh my heart calls out in the darkness you know uh and, the, and the, you know the, the verse ends with, you know, wishing I can connect the dots between how I feel and what I do. You know, I, I was just feeling in a place where I wanted to be connected with God, but like, you know, I, I wasn't there. And, and, and so the, the, the chorus is, you know, guide my footsteps from this war, you know, and ends with the words from this war, please Hashem lift me up today. And, and I think what I tried to make it was just an authentic entreaty to God, very similar to what King David does in Tehillim that would just you know be a bit rock and roll and you know could perhaps dramatize bring some life and power like literal you know power to the experience of just struggling to feel connected spiritually and um yeah, I mean, so does that does that answer your question? Yes, no, it does, and and I think I think it's interesting that you you picked up on on that that like my father and my mother have abandoned me because I think like if you think if you if you try and imagine for a moment like the pain of a child or however old the child is a child child or an adult that has not got a relationship with their parents who, who feels abandoned from their parents it's like it's 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 a very unique kind of abandonment a very unique um um. A very strong type of pain and you know it's, it's emotive and, and King David is saying that like even though that's how deep my pain is at least I have you right and 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 it's like kind of that that thing that like that resilience right that no matter what we're going through in life like at least God is a rock that we we, we can turn to and I think it's it's really amazing that you're 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 doing this music and you're bringing that messaging out to people because 
we need it we need it nowadays you know to to hear those messages people you know there's a lot of struggles in the world and and we, you know, we, 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 we can connect to, to God, right? As you know, through the ups and through the downs. And even when we're, we're, we're feeling like we, we're feeling like we can't like that, that feeling that you said that, like, you, you weren't feeling it, but you still wanted to feel it, which is sometimes the best that we can, we can hope for, right? That, that, yes. that's, you know, the connection that we are um, at least wanting to want it. Yeah. Um, thank you thank you so much i mean this is this is an incredible conversation amazing to hear your like story how you went from disengaged apathetic or or less and and you know here you are now in your own words hashem's warrior amazing it's, yeah i think that it's um it's been a surreal experience i've for most of my life not considered myself a musician i i picked a, it's funny when i went to yeshiva after israel I did not know if I was going to become religious. So what did I do? I brought a keyboard with me. That was my fallback. If I don't right. become religious here, I'm going I'm to figure out how to play this. And so yeah. it's just kind of, uh, I, I think you'd say a certain degree of hashkacha. And um, so in a lot of ways, it, it, it's, it's funny that it's, it's just kind of, it's come full circle here in that I am able to use 13 years later, my keyboard as right. well as the life experiences and inspiration that I've picked up along the way to kind of meld them together in a way that um, is able to hopefully share some of that experience in a way that's able to motivate others in the same way that it mo has motivated myself. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciated talking and, and having this conversation with you. Likewise, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I'd love to hear if this resonated with you. You can get in touch with me on Instagram. It's Gila Ross. And please take a moment to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you for your time and have a wonderful day.